Welcome to the very, very, very first episode. Um, we'll get to the name in a second. Uh, kind of took a couple days to name this thing. It's Leo Luna back here with you on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. And my new co-host is, uh, he's a guy that doesn't really need any introduction. I'm sure you've heard of him before. Oh, hey there. What's going on, Leo? What's going this on? Is, uh, this is something that was in the making for a while. It's finally done. Yeah, like we basically had this podcast just not recorded via phone calls. And Correct. now we're just throwing it on, on a podcast. Obviously, shout out, Rob. Thank you for putting this together. Of uh, Javi and I, just a little background. We've been chatting it up last season quite a bit, quite freaking frequently you know a lot mm-hmm. kind of had the same views on some things but i'll make sure that it's not completely during the podcast because we don't agree on everything there there's sometimes to where you know couples fight it's okay yeah. it yeah. happens um i hang up on but, you you hang up on me it's okay. <laughs> i don't text <laughs> you back uh rob knows about that too well correct but it, it's just one of those things i cannot be the only person out there i reply in my head i read the message i respond the thing is i don't put the finger to the keyboard i don't have twitter fingers so you know sometimes i'm like oh sh- i didn't respond and uh <laughs> but hey pleasure to have you, you are... here on my co-host this you know this is awesome people are gonna love it yeah absolutely i'm excited for this um never I was thinking about it today you know um i didn't imagine the fourth and gold podcast would have led us or led me to you led me to mobile you know senior bowl credentials led me to being a part of other networks like Pro Football Network being one of them, now Niner Nation. So it's just it's it's pretty amazing what a little drive and determination can do. And if people like what you're doing, you you grow, right? And we're growing and and this is yeah. a big step for me, uh being part of Niner Nation, because I used to read everything Niner Nation, you know, during the Harbaugh Kaepernick days when I got out of the military. And uh that was really how I was getting my information and to be a part of this platform it's a great privilege and honor, and I, I appreciate Rob for setting everything up. Him and I have been on the phone probably about six, seven months of trying to get me over, <laughs> but hey, it was Javi, mutual. Hey, you know, I ha- I, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, Javi. Yeah. So, I mean, I had interest, and in, in, of course, um, but here we are, and you know, this is going to be an amazing 2021 season. I think you and I both agree it is much more fun to cover a winning team. And I think yeah. both you and I expect a winning product on the field this year. Um, but this is the Oh Hey There podcast. Shout out to George Kittle. The pressure's on him now. We were just talking about it off air. We're, we're using his drop. So, oh, hey, there. hey, George, let's go. The, the open invite anytime. So if you're listening to open this. Open invite. Hit us up. Hit us up. Absolutely. Yeah, the, pre- the pressure's not on Javi and I to produce a great podcast. Uh, the pressure is on George Kittle and Rob to have George Kittle on the podcast. Correct. Hey, I'm o- I'm open for a third member as a co-host if George wants to do it. Absolutely. If George wants to, obviously during the off season, uh, yes. I- I'm sure he ain't gonna have the time. You know, w- with all the X's and O's <laughs> going on, plus his family. Yes, players have family that they have to entertain and and get along with. It's not just X's and O's. Over this past week, Javi, I, yeah. I, I've noticed a trend uh, as far as fashion. Mm-hmm. It's something that's been out there for a while, but last yeah. week it just exploded on Twitter. Exploded on Twitter. Um, something to do with sports bras. 
and it, it seems like they're in. I already put in an order for myself just because it feels like my heart rate gets a little, you know, goes too fast. It's probably all the tacos, bro. Yeah, from when I get to from my computer desk to the kitchen to make another cup of coffee, like I'm just I'm out of breath. So I I ordered myself one of those sports bras. Hey, the, let these players play. Let yeah. these players play. It was uh, an eventful, I don't know, 24, 48 hours <laughs> with the sports brawl, you know, sports brawl gate, whatever you want to call it. Um, could they have made a better design for this? Absolutely. But I get it. These guys are professional athletes. They're going to, it doesn't, they don't care. They really don't mm-hmm. care what we're saying on Twitter or social media about it. Um, you know, and it, I'm not a, I'm very comfortable with my sexuality, right? Um, I'm right. not a tox. I'm not toxic. What is the word? Toxic masculinity that doesn't exist in my house. You know, very not comfortable. Much yeah, I'm very very comfortable. <laughs> and uh, to see Trey, Rob Gronkowski, Ayuk, every guy, pretty much every NFL player in the league is using this tracking device system. And I just recently got into soccer down here in Austin, Austin FC. Most of those guys wear this tracking device under their jerseys. And a lot of it's just to just track heart rate, track uh, their miles per hour. Check just track how they're uh, reacting throughout their the game, the practice, um, their training session, whatever it is, to help them develop probably better training habits. Right, Niners fans are always concerned about players getting injured and this and that and the third. This is a great way to do that, and this is what this is for. So, for those folks, yes, it looks funny. I get it. Get your jokes off. Awesome. Is there some toxic <laughs> masculinity out there? Of course. You know, maybe don't talk about you know maybe don't tweet that kind of stuff because it's really you know they trey lance and these athletes they're not look they're not they're not in it for that they're in it for getting the best results out of their training regimen as possible you know i'll make t-shirts with that stuff on it so you already know you saw the design so <laughs> yeah. i mean it is whatever so shout out to trey lance for doing that you know and yeah could he have just put a t-shirt underneath it would have made him made other people feel more comfortable bro yeah. it's like 100 degrees in california the less clothing on the better you know, mm-hmm. I just cut my grass yesterday. It's it's like 105 here in Austin. I was nearly butt naked. It was so hot. So I should have I should have wore a sports bra to track my you, physical exertion while cutting my grass. It just it is what it is. People just need to relax with this. That's all. It's funny because both you and I are you know huge sports fans to where mm-hmm. we w- watch other sports, not just NFL. You know, yeah. Um, and myself being a Mavericks fan, love Luca, but the man has just on his plate it's just so much on his plate usually the fourth quarter comes around misses a bunch of his free throws maybe he get in yeah he he, he's not all there so when i found out what this tracking device is i said someone needs to get my man luca one like asap (laughs) need to get my man luca one so that you know he, he he could balance out his body to last a whole entire game. I get it. A lot of it's not on him. It's kind of the surrounding cast. I get it. But yeah. hey, if it is on you, let's prepare for it to be on you. So shout out, Luca. Someone go ahead and just send uh, Trey. Go send my man Luca one. Come on. I, I, I know you want to sit courtside uh, for a Mavericks game when they play the Warriors in the playoffs next year. Yeah, I mean, I know Trey's getting money, but I don't know if you can afford those Golden State tickets. Those tickets are... Oh, they're going to take care of them. They're going to take care of them. Yeah, they'll take care of them. Third overall pick. Yeah, they're going to take care of them. <laughs> some some sponsor is. It ain't coming yeah, out of, course, of his pocket. Of course. But yeah, you know, guys, you know, guys, ladies out there, let's relax on Trey. I, I was about to say Trey Young. 
based on the haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, yeah. let's, let's relax on Lance. Let's relax on Lance in the, in the uh, sports brawl and it's just his training equipment. One thing I should be, you know, we should appreciate that. He's giving us insight into his training regimen too. You know, a lot true. of fans are always like, oh, where's this guy? Where's that guy doing? What's this? What's that? How come they don't post videos? How come this guy doesn't? He does it, and then he gets this backlash over a sports brawl that really is only benefiting him, benefiting the Niners, and in the long run, probably benefiting the 49ers as a franchise that their guy is training as hard as he can to be the best guy that he possibly can be for this team for four quarters, for 17 games, and hopefully 20 games, you know, as the Niners hopefully make this march to the Super Bowl. So um, everyone relax out there with the sports brawl. It is what it is. I'm going to go wear one. Just to do it, just because I want to see how well I can cut my grass next time. <laughs> and uh, lastly, like this this next storyline, I'm not going to get too much into it because I don't believe it should get media coverage, at least the amount that it got as far as the audio getting leaked, video getting leaked. You know what I'm talking about at this point. Yeah. It just thoughts and prayers to Richard Sherman, to Richard Sherman, his family. Uh, man, I, I just it it pissed me off. Just seeing the phone call, uh, I'm not going to describe what the phone call was, as well as the video. I'm not going to describe what the video was. Just piss me off because that's one of those things that should be held behind the curtain, behind the curtain. Family stuff like that held behind the curtain. These guys are professional athletes. You, you want to post something about them on the field or, or something else into their realm of a world, fine. But over something to where, you know, there's some type of issue going on between the family members. It's let's come on that like that don't need coverage that don't need coverage. And secondly, it doesn't need a a, a discussion from every single person on the Internet. Yeah. It doesn't just yeah. thoughts and prayers to, you know, the Sherman family. Yeah. You know, I, I left it alone on Twitter. I guess my perspective is, you know, I'm a married man. I have kids. You're a married man. You have kids we'll get to that too by the way <laughs> um you know th there's just things that should be remain private yes i know he's a public figure i know he's a staple in the community in seattle and of course the bay area but at the same time you know a phone call with his wife and 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 then the video from the ring doorbell to me it just seems really messy unfortunately you know it's an unfortunate event it was the last guy we expected we'd hear something from right like it's sherman like we know this man is a stanford graduate I think he was third in his class in high school, was like a 4.0 student at Stanford, you know, extremely smart. We know him as an extremely smart, extremely talented football player. But, hey, at the end of the day, he's human first, right? He right. has a family, he has kids, you know, whatever's going on with him and his wife and him and his wife's family, that stuff should be left behind, you know, behind closed doors. That is a family matter. Shouldn't be in the public eye. All I can say is I wish the best for Richard Sherman. His wife, his two, I believe his two kids. Yes. Um, and then, of course, you know, his in-laws. And then, of course, Richard's family on the other side of this. You know, mm -hmm. this is this is rough, you know, and, and I, I, you know, not to get too personal, but I struggled with depression after the military. You know, I had a drinking problem, not a drinking problem. I shouldn't say it like that, but I would drink to get rid of some some of my stresses. Right. You know, and it would, you know, cause some anger issues. So, you know, whatever Richard's dealing with, um, I can tell him from experience, alcohol is not the answer. Go get your help, and I believe he stated that in his in his um, press release. You know that he would go seek the help he needed, and good for him. You know, you acknowledge what your problem. You know, you may have acknowledged what your problem is. You're going to go seek help. You're going to go fix your house and fix your home and fix what you need to fix. And you know, for those of us like 
me and Leo, you know, we're, we're, we're rooting for the guy. You know, I used to hate Richard Sherman as a football <laughs> fan, right? You know, yeah. Crabtree, you put a sorry receiver on me like Crabtree. Yeah, that got me hot. But you know what? At the end of the day, you respect the man's game. The man is an all-timer. He's a Hall of Famer. He's probably one of the best players of the last 10 years, you know, but he's also human first. And, you know, all mm-hmm. I can do is wish him well and his family well and prayers to them. So, you know, I, I, to me, it's just messy how the media does this. And, I, and this applies to every player. You know, something like this, it shouldn't be released. It shouldn't be on the public, but I understand why it is. It just, to me, I leave those things alone. It's none of my business, but all I, you know, well wishes to them and, and, and they go forward with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, with everything you just said right there, if it gets sent to anyone, maybe the, the team that wants to offer him a contract says, Hey, can we take a look at that? Just, just like, a, a simple background check or something like that when when someone applies to say Geico as a customer service rep. But yeah. <clears throat> let's go ahead and talk this this training camp is coming up in how many Woo-hoo-hoo! days? How many days? Oh, we are Steve Young days away from this. But when you hear this, you'll be Colin Kaepernick days away from training camp. So we are so close to what has been a long, stressful, tiring. Every every noun, adjective, whatever you want to use to describe this offseason, it is almost over. Camp mm-hmm. is about to start. We are eight days away as we record this. By the time you're listening to this, it'll be seven days away, and I'm excited uh, for what this team should be able to do for 2021. Yes, it's it's a top 10 non-debatable unanimous roster in the NFL, in my opinion. Top five. I think it's top five, but I'm saying undebatable. Like you cannot debate it. You you don't get no. yeah. to ten teams and not list the 49ers. I Absolutely. could see where some people don't have the 49ers in their top five, just mainly because of the quarterback position. Um, there's a plan there, but it's yeah, still not figured. Like it, the plan isn't like set. <laughs> oh well, yeah. it's set, but it's not in stone. Uh, essentially, like um, it's there. It's in the oven, but it's not baked. There we go. I finally got to it. But let's let's talk about a certain room within this offseason. We're going to focus with the offense today in this training camp it, with some aspects with it. First, we're going to go ahead, ahead and hit this running back room because it's pretty freaking deep. It is really, really loaded. deep in my it's opinion. Loaded. Like there, There's going to be some good guys that get left off this roster when Jeff Wilson Jr., is available to be elevated from that the the pup list because I'm imagining they're going to put him on the pup list to begin the season. Um, so with the running back room, I'm going to go ahead and name some names here for you: Wayne Gallman, Raheem Mostert, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, Jamichael Hasty, Jeff Wilson Jr., as well as Kyle Uschek. Because he counts when you're talking about a running back room when how mm. many make the roster. Last year was five that made it. You could, including Hughes check This year, if Wilson's healthy, ooh, ooh, I think they still get away with five. I still think they get away with five. Do you think they go lower than that? Like, where are you at with this running back room? Obviously, we're both high on it, but um, like, who's the guy that you see? getting the bulk of carries first quarter of the season or, or the guy that separates himself from the rest of this running back room. Like what are your thoughts on it right now? The running back room is extremely deep, right? We had Wayne Gallman who played extremely well in the absence of Saquon Barkley in New York last year. 
Um, anyone wants to go back and watch the Giants for Seattle, for Seattle when Gallman was given Seattle the Blues, right? Versus behind a really bad offensive line, you know, Seattle wasn't Seattle wasn't the Legion of Boom like they were before. However, you know, running back shouldn't have been able to do what he did against them. Um, still led by Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. Yeah, of course. Like that's a good. That's still a decent Seattle defense. Jamal Adams is fairly. You know, he's still pretty good. Um, you know, however we feel about those Seahawks guys up north, but Wayne Gallman is a guy who's probably gonna make the roster. Elijah Mitchell, the seventh round pick, I believe he was uh, this past draft. A guy who's gonna run. He he has the same forty as. Raheem Mostert, he's a track star, right? You got uh, Raheem Mostert, obviously Jeff Wilson, um, and Trey Sermon, and then Mike. One of my favorites from last year, the undrafted free agent, Michael Hasty, little bowling ball type of running back, gives you a little bit of everything. Um, to me, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners keep five running backs and one fullback and kind of go a little bit light in the tight end room, but it's still we're still too far away from saying that type of stuff. But I think. I think the guy who's going to get the bulk of the carries, to be honest with you, um, is Trey Sermon. I think Trey Sermon will be RB1 in this season, and that's not to discredit Raheem Mostert. It is something with Raheem Mostert where I'd rather see him take 105 to 125 touches, right? I want to limit his snap count to where we get we get to see those six, seven, yard, six, seven yards per carry, and you have Trey Sermon who's giving you that thunder type of running style where he's going to give you their four or five hard yards. And then here comes uh, Raheem Mostert to kind of finish it, teams off in the back end of the game, right? Third, fourth quarter, mm-hmm. you need a big run. You can do that. Raheem gives you a lot of explosive playability. Trey Sermon gives you that Frank Gore ability. I, I see a lot of Kareem Hunt um, in Trey Sermon. And we all know Kyle Shanahan, since he's been the 49ers coach, he's been looking for a pass catching back. Trey Sermon gives him that ability. He gives him a really solid run blocker. He gives him a three down back. Finally, Raheem Mostert, he's, he's not the greatest pass catching running back in the league. However, you know, when we spoke to Joe Staley on my show, Joe was talking about that four, three speed, being able to stretch Raheem can stretch a defense and it, it makes it really hard for the defense to respond to that. So you get a lot of uh, complimentary pieces with that running back room. And I would be, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I would like to see 250 to 260 for Trey Sermon, 130 for uh, Raheem, and then another probably 100 for Gallman. I think that would be your, your running back room, those three guys. And then, of course, you're going to spell in Mitchell and, uh, we'll see what happens with Hasty. You know, he was undrafted. He is coming off, I want to say, a collarbone injury. So we'll see how he lands there. But yeah. um, if I had to be, if I was a betting man, I'd go Trey Sermon as RB1. Um, again, that's not to discredit Raheem Mostert, but you want to utilize Raheem's uh, speed um, and limit the snaps and just optimize him as much as possible. Give him those 130, 137 snaps. Because in 2019, he had 137 snaps or cut touches, excuse me. And he almost cracked a thousand yards because of his, his, <laughs> because of explosive yeah. plays, right? I think he had like nine touchdowns on the back end of the season. He was just, you know, that inside trap they'd run. He's gone. He gives you that ability, and if you got a guy like Trey Sermon who can, you know, kind of grind a defense down, you know, you're not going to want to tackle Raheem Mostert. You're not going to want to put in that effort at the back end of the game. So, I would I would go with that, and I think Kyle Shanahan is thinking the same, you know, and Kyle. Kyle's also probably prepping for 2022 at the same time. You know, this is a, this is the game of right now, but they're also playing for the future. You know, Raheem's not 
Raheem's not under contract in 2022. Neither is Jeff Wilson Jr. So this would be the time to work Sermon in, get him the you know get him the respect around the league that he deserves. And you know, I I, I mean, what, what's today? July, July 19th. The Niners have already the, the Niners have already established the run game. Like today, teams know they're going to run the ball. So mm-hmm. if you have a combination of what the Niners have, it's going to be very hard for defenses to stop. Okay, so. I agree with you on that. Is that was a lot. Sorry. Is, no, it, <laughs> Javi, you know you have an open mic, so so a lot is good. With Raheem Moster, I, I look at it as far as he had zero starts in 2019, technical zero starts, and in 2020 he had eight. What they didn't really have in 2020 was Tevin Coleman, and I think. Trey Sermon sets up that Tevin Coleman role to where you could just pound, 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 pound the thunder metaphor you said with Trey Sermon and Trey Sermon, the way his body is built has no issue doing that. Watch him against Northwestern uh, against what was that? The big oh, 10 man. title game. Yep. How yep, many, absolutely. how bully ball, bully ball um, that he did against them. And, Granted, that's not NFL. That's college. That's a big time school. That was a, gets a really good defense. Uh, I don't. I don't expect him to be a Derrick Henry type of runner, but I do expect him to not go down on first contact, to be a tough tackle. And why is that important? It's because it's going to set up the lightning in Raheem Mostert. It's going to allow Raheem Mostert to to you know separate from the defense when they're tired out when their upper body sore when their legs are sore from trying to churn uh trey sermon to the ground and how i looked at it with 17 games now in the books you want to keep raheem mostert healthy um i truly do believe raheem mostert stays on this team i don't think he goes anywhere like a lot have speculated one he's he's pretty freaking cheap for what yeah, he can give you as far as far as like a number two uh, back and three, if he just somehow falls out of your rotation, you got a pro bowl gunner. <laughs> you have a, it's not like you have a guy just taking up a roster spot. You have a pro bowl gunner. So there's value. And the way his contract is set up, he's, he'll make top special teams money. Uh, anyways, it's not like he's making top running back money. Uh, the way his contract is set up. So, and if you give him eight carries per game, like say that's the average, mm-hmm. that'll land him at 136 carries. That's just one shy of what he had in 2019. So if your running back two can get you that same type of production, guess what? The 49ers are now a top two rushing team in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, you, you took the words right out of mouth because I was going to say, like, you want to keep Raheem <clears throat> right around 10 to 12 carries a game anyways, right? If you go back to right. 2019, mm-hmm. you, know, his, you know, his most productive games were at that 12 carry mark, right? Right. Uh, Pittsburgh, 12 carries, 79 yards. Cincinnati, 13 for 83. <clears throat> and then you go uh, against Baltimore, 19 for 146. But when you start looking at the, you know, at the overall game logs or just the way the game was... Uh, being played, you know, you, those 10 carries, you know, against New Orleans, 10 carries, 69 yards. That's a 6.9 yards per carry. You got 10 for 57 against Seattle. That's 5.7. He's just getting chunk play after chunk play after chunk play. 
it's just, you know, it's one of them things, you know, if you look at his big plays, <clears throat> you know, against Cincinnati, 68-yarder. Green Bank, 22 yards for a big one. Um, 40 yards against New Orleans, right? And then, of course, we all know about the playoffs. You know, 29 carries was the, the anomaly here, and he got 220 yards. That's not normal, right? So mm-hmm. you want to have him at that 10 to 12 carry mark. That's the sweet spot for him. He's just going to he's, – he's super efficient at, at that range. And that's what you want. The Niners are all about efficiency. You know, we talked about it a lot that 2019 season. The Niners want to run the ball 25 to 30 times a game. If you're getting 12 out of Raheem, that means you're probably getting 20 out of Sermon and probably another two or three, four from your other backs. You have a really balanced attack. And I think Kyle Shanahan knows that's kind of the recipe for success. Um, you know, if everyone's seen the uh, what's the movie with Adam Sandler, he's like, that's how I win. That's Kyle Shanahan when he talks about the run game. <laughs> What's that? What's that movie with Adam Sandler? I forget now. It's I'm the, the worst. Gambling. I'm the worst at. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the worst at like quoting movies. It, it's it's the most recent one, right? That's on Netflix. Yeah, it is. Okay, while well, you find it, I, I'm glad that you brought up Trey Sermon as a receiver because, like, uncut was, gems, uncut gems. There you go. Yeah, that's I, how I, I love how you brought up Trey Sermon as a receiver because I don't think he gets enough credit. I noticed that when I was watching Justin Fields. I wasn't watching Trey Sermon, the receiver. I was just like, because I, I didn't say this college season was weird. And plus being a father, you can't just sit down. You can't just sit down and watch college football games because you already have the, it's Sunday. Don't bother me. I'm watching football. (laughs) I can't use that on Saturday as well. I can't. So, so, (laughs) and, and then man, you're a lucky man. So what I do is, you know, I have to watch the game later and I'm so intrigued with Justin Fields. I'm watching him and the narrative on on Trey Sermon was just he's this power back. He's this power back. And yet he has I was like, he has soft hands. He's getting reception after reception after reception to where he was essentially Justin Fields safety blanket. We haven't really seen a running back do that at all on this team, partially because the quarterbacks were a little reluctant to check it down and, and move on to the next play when Justin Fields was Trey Sermon was there as a security blanket and he, those hands, they're good. They're good. So don't, don't let the power back narrative be your thought of Trey Sermon and thinking that he has an inability to be a receiver. Wayne Gallman as well makes this team. I, I'm looking at when he took over for Saquon Barkley. When he took over that load, it looks like about week seven when they played Philly, he had 10 carries there. There was only one game that he had under three yards per carry. And then after that one game, he he took off. The Seattle game you mentioned, 16 carries for 135 yards. He got busy on Seattle, bro. Busy. Then Arizona, almost five yards per carry. Baltimore, four and a half. Dallas, almost six. The guy put in a lot of work. To have him as your number three back is huge. Is huge. And that's why I think he makes this roster. I I thought, I I initially thought he would have been the the guy on on the outside looking in Mm -hmm. until the the Jeff Wilson injury. Until the Jeff Wilson injury, I was like, okay. Wayne Gallman's a lock. You cannot cut the guy with this experience that had 
147 carries last year, which is more than Raheem Mostert has ever had in a single season. You can't just cut him now that Jeff Wilson Jr. is gone. So he's a lock. Elijah Mitchell, you invested draft capital in him. He's a lock. And I think Jamichael Hasty is the outside guy looking in. And then, like I said, Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to be on the pub list. What happens there? <sighs> it's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be tough. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, Dude, with the like with, with the pub list, and I think it's it's, and this is not to be. I hope it's not taken out of context, but it's kind of like a, a small blessing for the Niners to to have this unfortunate injury because you can still go into the season with four running backs and. And this is not any, you know, as Niners fans, we are, we got PTSD from injuries. God forbid any yeah. of these guys go down. You you know, you got Jeff Wilson in the tuck, right? He's on the way back. So yeah, you can mm-hmm. put Jeff on the pup. You know, the guy that might not make the roster after week eight might be hasty because Wilson's on the way back, right? You're able to do that. You're able to shuffle the roster a little bit. Um, and that's yeah. not, I don't wish anyone injury at all. Like we don't, we don't do that. Right. But the Niners have the you know the Niners tried to hide Hasty last year. Remember, they told yes. all the media guys, "Don't talk about this guy. Don't talk about him. Don't bring him up." And then you see him in the New yep. Orleans games, like, "Oh, oh crap! This guy got he got a lot of bursts." You saw him in the Rams game once Mostert went out. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. who is this kid? So, you know, like a little jitterbug. Yeah. So you know, I'm with you on I'm with you on everything you said. I think Hasty might be the odd man out when it's all said and done. I think he makes the initial fifty three, but if Jeff, you know, if, if Jeff is clear to come back. Obviously, they're going to go with Jeff and probably, you know, see if they can put Hasty on waivers. And I don't want to say that, like, I, they don't have Hasty on the initial 53 because I think he is the lesser running back. No, it's just looking at who they have their investment in. Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell, they're they're making the roster. Raheem Mostert, he's a value. He's an asset to this team. Absolutely. Wayne Gallman, you need his experience with Jeff Wilson Jr. out. Mm-hmm. So it's just based off of experience and then draft investment. It's not there for, for Jamichael hasty. And they're probably going to tell the media again, this training camp. Hey, do not promote this guy. We want him <laughs> on the Niners guaranteed. Oh, guaranteed. Niners PR. I tell you. There's something else, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the running back room. I, you know, I, that's the that's the the room that I'm least concerned with. Like I, Kyle Shanahan's running this offense; they're gonna be fine at running back. They can put you or me back yeah. there. We might hey. still get 100 yards. How before the draft? A lot of people, you know this. A lot of people are just like, don't don't take a running back early. I was vocal about it. I said take one early. Javante freaking with. I wanted Javante. Um, I wanted Najee, not in the first, but I wanted Najee. Yeah, um, and I stuck by that. It's and then the the rebuttal was, oh, it's Kyle Shanahan. He'll make anyone great. He'll he'll do this, do that. Okay, <clears throat> if Kyle Shanahan could make average running backs look great, imagine what a great running back could do for Kyle Shanahan. And now we get to see that with Trey Sermon. Hopefully, hopefully, um. And also, I like what you said real quick. I, w- I wanted to touch on that. It's about, oh, never hoping for an injury. We'll never do that player first. I- I'm 100% on that. I would never even want my opponent to get injured because the lamest response I want to hear back from someone when the Niners beat them is, oh, because so-and-so was out. Oh, yeah. Nah, I, I, want a team, I want a team's best squad. I want a team's best squad. 
Absolutely. And, you know, with the Niners, we're, we, you know, we're just like, we've been dealing with injuries since, shoot, since Harbaugh left. It's just been bad. So, you know, we got PTSD about it. <clears throat> but, you know, again, the running back room should be really strong. The Niners should be able to run the ball consistently because of the next position we're going to talk about, right? Uh, yeah, talk about it. The right, guard, it. the right guard battle. You know, is mm-hmm. it Brunskill? Is it going to be uh, Banks? Is it going to be somebody else? You know, you take a guy in the second round, it better be Banks. If Banks is not it, starting, that is an automatic red flag in my mind. You're talking about PTSD. I'll get Joshua Garnett PTSD. I was if about Banks to does, say if, the same thing. because <laughs> If Banks doesn't oh. start week one, I'm going to get Josh, Joshua Garnett PTSD. Trade it up for the guy and then just going to make it stick. Yeah. Um, if if some of you are wondering who's Joshua Garnett and why does that name sound familiar, the 49ers traded up to go ahead and take the guard out of Stanford. I'm still mad um, about that. When what, what year was that? That was before the 16 or 15. That was 16 because I wanted Miles okay. Garrett. I mean, not Miles Garrett, Miles Jack. I thought we traded back into oh. round one for Miles Jack that year. I was like, we're going to get Miles Jack. We're going to get Miles Jack. And nope, Josh Garnett. Yeah. And, I, and I got all hype over that one insane block that he had that everyone still shows and we never saw it in the NFL. It's unfortunate for Josh Joshua Garnett and how his career ended. However, thank you, Trent, for missing on another first round pick. Appreciate it. Um <laughs> but, <laughs> but the Just offensive, had to throw that in there, huh? Yeah, but he's he's that. something else. But the offensive guard position, you know, you got Brunskill, you got Compton. Um shout out to our guy Jay Jason Aponte, Tom Compton is being mentioned, Colton McKivitz, and then uh and Banks, and then Jalen Moore. We haven't, you know, you don't know what they're gonna do with him. Is if he's gonna be a tackle or is he gonna be a guard? But I would assume that our offensive line is Trent Williams, Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack, obviously, Banks, and McGlinchey. Now, if it's not Banks, then you know the Niners better start looking at their scouting department. And be like, okay, where do we miss? What what's wrong here? Um, but I, I have a really strong feeling Banks should start. Um, we spoke because, to we spoke to person on our pod. Uh-huh. You know, he just said. Banks should help out McGlinchey too. So it is, there's a lot of familiarity there with McGlinchey and Banks to help mm-hmm. McGlinchey be better. So if Banks is really good, then we should be seeing improvement from McGlinchey. The, the, the offensive line has been, it's gotten stronger. As long as they're healthy, I think that's the, the theme of the Niners really. It's just as long as they're healthy, we'll be fine. But if Banks <laughs> is healthy and this offensive line is healthy, no matter the quarterback or the running back, they should be successful. But I'm rooting for Banks to get the starting position. And Brunskill be more of a swing tackle type of player instead of being a swing guard. Brunskill, I AAF legend of the San Diego Fleet eh, as well as San Diego State. I didn't go to any fleet games as I'm here in San Diego because uh, just they were they were taxing way too much. It was like fifty bucks a game for real. And, yeah, and I was just like, I'm not going to for AFL. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to go do that. But with Brunskill, it's just I, I, I will put him in that Raheem Mostert, say, say category to where he's an asset to this team if he doesn't start. And it's just weird to say that about players, but I think that's just how good this roster has gotten since Chip Kelly to where it's good if certain players don't start and and that's the situation with Daniel Brunskill's like you said it, if you could have him as a swing tackle that's huge because now you don't have Justin School mm-hmm. as your swing tackle he's gone Sean Coleman he missed a year of football and 
he wasn't really nothing that you're writing home about before yeah, then. One more seventh round pick. It's not mm-hmm. Colton McKivitz. It's he hasn't really had found a home. They bounced him at guard. They bounced him at tackle. Um, I, I think he may be better set at, at guard than than tackle. And we've seen mm-hmm. Frunskill do it from the blind side, from you know quarterback from the right tackle position as well. So I, I think that sets up Daniel Brunskill pretty nicely. And, and it's just an asset that you get if your second round pick pans out. And then obviously I'm going to agree with you on the rest of the offensive line, Trent, Lincoln, Mack, and, and McGlinchey. Someone I wish would make the team, but I know he's not because they're going to get a, a, an exception for him out of Mexico, Alfredo Gutierrez. Someone <laughs> I would love to make the, the guys freaking built like a tank, but Bro, the 49ers get it. Yeah, he's six nine. Jeez, yeah, he Jason. towers over me. You think I'm tall? You think Jason Aponte saw? Listen, y'all are seven foot three, and I'm like five ten ish. If if I'm seven foot three, Alfredo Gutierrez is like nine foot. So, and then um, I I I I'm, I I need to get out there for a training camp practice, preferably the joint practice when they take on the Chargers, just so you could see a different team. Uh, having them go up against and and not be the same say Joe's out there I, I want to see J- Dakota Shepley he was pretty highly regarded in the yeah. CFL Canadian Football League mm-hmm. interior offensive lineman looks like he you know can do the job he was on the team last year on the practice squad yeah he was <laughs> I thought it was hilarious he was at a San Francisco Giants game with Mike McGlinchey. People calling up to Mike McGlinchey, taking photos. And Dakota Shepley is just sitting there in his seat. And he's <laughs> and he put posts on his Instagram story. Hey, uh, I'm on the 49ers, too. I'm on the 49ers, too. <laughs> it was just hilarious. It's like if I go somewhere with Javi, everyone's in it. Hey, Javi, you know, let's let's chat it up. And I'm just yeah, all right. I'm just going to sit there in the corner and nod my head, basically. Um. But yeah, it's it's got to be Aaron Banks for me. It has to be Aaron has Banks. To. It, yeah, it's. I I think they just got to give him the shot. Yeah, like, I regardless, I I don't think like Brent Skill's gonna. I like Brent Skill, but I don't think he would run away with it. No, absolutely not. And if I'm if I'm the Niners, obviously you know your your first five, Lakin. I'm sorry, Williams, Lakin, Mac. Banks, McGlinchey, that's your first five. The Niners usually keep eight or nine linemen. So the the backup three, I'm going Colton, McKivitz, um, Daniel Brunskill. I I kind of want them to bring back Ben Garland because he provides you guard and center would, value, but he hasn't been re-signed. I, I don't that. know what's going on there, right? But if he isn't re-signed, then I'm going to go with the veteran, Senio Kelamete. Is that how you pronounce it? And then I'm probably going to bring back Shepley. So, the, you know, you have um, Senio, I believe he played a little bit of center and he played guard. Dakota gives you mm-hmm. a little bit of versatility all the way around. Same thing with Brunskill. Mm-hmm. It gives you center, guard, and tackle versatility. And let's be honest, Brunskill was not terrible at center last oh. year. Jalen Moore? Oh, never mind. So Dakota's gone. So Jalen Moore is on. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Dakota. But yes, yes, I forgot all about Jalen Moore. So yes, Jalen Moore makes this roster. So that's your eight or nine guys. So, you know, they again. This is another room that I'm not really worried about. If McGlinchey is what they say he's turned into, and mm-hmm. he's familiar he with the guy next to him, then we should be much better, right? You got a lot of talent on this offensive line. 
that can provide you with both the outside zone, inside zone, and if, and if Kyle decides to run power, they have that with this offensive line now. So they have a lot of ways to manipulate their offense, and I'm really excited about what Kyle can do with this. Yeah, and if it's one of those situations, like basically any offensive lineman on any team, not just the Niners, on any team, and, and there's one guy that goes down and his next man up mentality, I think you feel comfortable. You feel comfortable with it. You you feel comfortable with Brunskill stepping in there now because, like I said, he's an asset if he does not start. If you just throw him in at right guard and he starts, then you kind of lose that flexibility. Um, and then I, I just don't want Tom Compton on this team. Yeah, that's the one to where I'm just like, nope, nope. I would rather mm-hmm. I would rather have that spot go to an undrafted free agent right now. Like. Yeah. I'm talking about in camp, his camp body spot. Give that to an undrafted <laughs> free agent, a guy from the CFL. I like the fact that they brought Tom Compton over Ben Garland. I don't know if it's because Ben Garland's hanging out with Claire Kittle quite a bit, or you know, if he may just want to retire. He had his he played in what like the Broncos, 49ers, and the Falcons. He played in three Super Bowls. Ben Garland. Yeah, he's been in the league for a while. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what the whole situation is, but should we talk about the most controversial, say battle? Uh, well, not, not, well, that's Which one the quarterback. That's okay. the quarterback. That's the quarterback. Never mind. I'm talking about the receivers. It's not the most controversial. I just find it as the most controversial just because there's so many guys there to where you could like create so many different six wide receivers on the opening 53 Rather than obviously the most controversial is the quarterback. You're just talking about two guys, not a you know, not a yeah. group of guys. And it's kind of you know the the quarterback thing is controversial depending on who you talk to. But the wide receiver room, wide receiver three, for some reason, to me, is not that big of an issue because last time I checked, Kyle Shanahan's still calling plays, right? You know, River right. Craycraft is getting wide open against the Green Bay Packers. Nick Mullins <laughs> hits him. You know, he's just a tad late. That's a touchdown against the Packers. You know, you got. Kendrick Bourne, who wasn't a burner at college, wasn't a burner in the NFL, was getting wide open all over the place, right? Richie James mm-hmm. running wide open all over the damn place and, you know, having a big game against the Packers as well. So I'm not as worried about wide receiver three as some others are, as, as long as Kyle Shanahan is calling plays and whoever the quarterback is, as long as they're efficient, we should be fine there. Um, but if I had to choose who I'd want to be wide receiver three, I'm I'm hoping for Jalen Hurd, right? I'm hoping he comes back from his injuries and he gives us something. And I, I what I think is being missed in a lot of this discussion is um, the Niners only really need 35 to 40 receptions out of that wide receiver spot, not 80 to 100, right? They just need Kendrick Bourne's production. I think it's 17% of the receptions. Like, just get 17%. Now, can they get 17% from two guys? Cool, sure, awesome. But if they can get it from one, that opens up a lot of other things for the other guys, right? But at the end of the day, if you really want to have an honest discussion about it, wide receiver one is George Kittle. Wide receiver two is Brandon Ayuk. Your wide receiver three is Debo Samuel. Like that should be your that's how it that's how it starts. That's how it goes. So any anyone after that, you know, it's just found money. And then of course you add in the running game, you add in, you know, use check, sermon. We talked about Raheem and Gallman. Like, there's other targets to go around. You know, what about Ross Dwelly? He looks like he's gained some weight, gotten stronger. There's just a lot of other options on this team. I'm not too worried about it. Um, what I'm more worried about is 
one of the who who of the wide receivers is going to be the special teams guy. But you know, I think Trent Sherfield brings him a lot of versatility as well from a slot or a you know a bigger outside receiver for this team too. So um, I'm not too worried about it, man. Kyle Kyle figures out ways to get guys wide open all the time. Hot take here. Uh-oh. Whatever. I, I'm just going to do it. Uh-oh. I don't think the wide receiver three is going to be Richie James. Okay. And I don't think he makes the team. Is that really a hot take, though? Yeah. A lot of people see him as a lock. Richie? Yeah. I don't see him as a lock. Mm. The reason I, I, I just. The reason ahead. I don't see him as a lock is because Trent Sherfield. Trent right. Sherfield was brought in for special teams purposes. Specifically, mm-hmm. Richie James mm-hmm. kind of held down the punting and the kick return game last two mm-hmm. seasons. I think Sherfield makes it over Richie, and Richie's not on this roster. And you also do have the flexibility of Ambry Thomas, who could return kicks and punts. Um, that's CB2, so that's, baby. That's CB2. That's my hot take. <laughs> um, but it's just like looking at his his route tree. It's not pretty, and I don't mean to, to be too repetitive on this uh, in detailing it. Is look at that Green Bay game. That was Shanahan. <laughs> it wasn't so much Richie James Jr. just winning off the route. Mm-hmm. No, he was he was winning off the scheme. There's two different things there. Kyle Shanahan drew it up to where he got 182 yards that game. Go look at Brandon Ayuk's routes. Go look at Crisp Debo Samuel's routes. Go look at Kendrick Bourne's routes from the previous years. And then go look at Richie James Jr. A yeah. lot of it was just schemed open to where uh, people say, hey, why hasn't Richie James Jr. gotten more playing time? Why hasn't Richie James? There's, there's a freaking reason why. Yeah, He's not the best route runner. And Kyle Shanahan has to think harder in order to you know design him the ball and, and make him a threat on, on the offensive side. And, when you bring in a guy like Trent Sherfield and give him the amount of money you did, mm-hmm. and the then money. you add in the value of his special teams, like it's not that he's just a whatever special teamers. He's a, no, he was a really good special teamer last year, as well as the previous years before that. He last year he led the NFL in fumble recoveries on special teams, and guess what? This guy has good size and he could win vertical. He could win vertical. Uh, you see it all throughout the preseason. You saw it uh, sprinkled in during the regu- regular season because he was mainly a special teams player and didn't have the wide receiver snaps in there. He could win vertical. And I, I think he has better routes than Richie James Jr. So then um, I'm looking at the wide receiver three spot. I'm crossing out Richie James Jr. I'm crossing out Sherfield just because he's a special teamer, but I do think he makes this roster. I want it to be heard. I don't think it'll be heard week one. I think week one, we're going to be looking at Muhammad Sanu as the wide receiver three. He's getting now attention on social media. A lot of people are noticing the work he's putting in, the grind he's doing, the day in, the day out, the no days off mentality. But frankly, last year didn't seem... From what I heard, he wasn't healthy. Yeah. And when the 49ers were dealing with the health issue, they decided to let him go and let me just bring in some other guy that could actually play at at a healthy level rather than just, you know, getting a 75% version of yourself. Would you rather have a 75% version of Mohamed Sanu that 
can and cannot do certain things or 100% of somebody else and and not worry about an injury risk mid-game when you're already paper thin. So Kevin White, I don't think he's in the mix. Craig Craft, I don't think yet. I think the guy needs more seasoning. So I don't think he's in the wide receiver three mix. Travis Benjamin, I don't see him making this team. Juwan Jennings, I put him as in the same category as Craycraft. He needs more seasoning. I don't think he's ready for that role yet. Benny Fowler doesn't can't body. Andy Jones can't body. Congratulations, guys. Because I that's something I never achieved in my playing career. Uh, I'm not trying to belittle you by saying can't body, but I just don't think they make this team. And and frankly, it's Mohamed Sanu from out the gates. And with the anticipation that Jalen Hurd takes it over sooner than later, but you have to ease them in, you know, to the T. You you cannot force that hand. Yeah. Um, you you okay. want Jalen Hurd available all 17 games. And frankly, after Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, I think we're going to be looking at Sanu, Hurd, Sherfield, and probably Craycraft or Juwan <laughs> Jennings. I don't know. It, it's just whoever whoever makes more plays, like they're legit battling for the sixth spot them too so whoever yeah. stands out more in the preseason is going to be the guy that they cannot slide on the practice squad so they're going to have to roster that guy so whoever stands out more whoever gets the most opportunity in the preseason it's either craycraft or, or juan jennings and whoever loses that battle is going to be on the on the practice squad alongside with austin Watkins jr i don't think they're done with him yeah so i mean i'm with you almost everything there but if i were to make the six <clears throat> I'm going uh, Ayuk, Debo, Hurd, Sherfield, Craycraft, Sanu as my six, and Watkins and Jennings are the practice squad guys that, that are there. I think I've established a, a pretty good rapport with Watkins. We met him at the Senior Bowl. Um, I've talked mm-hmm. to him several times. You know, he he had a shaky camp as a guy I was really had high hopes for for this offense. I think he does a lot of really good things, really strong hands. And then Juwan Jennings, mm-hmm. same thing, really good hands, just – you know, he's a four seven guy. You know, guys who are four seven guys, they gotta give you something more. You know, Anquan Bolden was a four seven guy, right? He gave you a lot more. So there's just you know, there's just differences in football players. But you know, it goes back to my point earlier about Kyle Shanahan's calling plays. He's gonna get guys open. The threat of the run game, the play action, and you know, we can get to the quarterback, but we'll probably talk about that another time. But you know, depending on who the quarterback is, that kind of changes how you're calling your pass plays too. So, you know, you could see some really, really unique combinations out there from Kyle with his tight ends, his wide receivers, depending on the quarterback. So, you know, wide receiver three, to me, is just kind of like, eh, whoever had a really good practice that week, right? That's kind of how I view it right now. Because as long as Kittle Kittle can give you 15 games, and I say 15 because he's bound to miss one or two, and that's not wishing Mm -hmm. injury on anyone, it's just – he plays very, very physical. He is Rob Gronkowski, right? Rob needs Gronkowski. to run out of bounds. Yes, like George. I know you want to get those extra yards, but conserve your body, man. Right? Um, I lost my train of thought, but yeah. So Kittle is your is your is your main target, and everything else runs off of him. So Ayuk down the field, Debo on your you know your jet sweeps, your slants, your digs, uh, your quick outs. That's what you want him there for. And then of course. You want to have some red zone targets. That's where you're going to bring in Sanu and Hurd because those guys are obviously, you know, 6'3". I want to say they're both 6'3", 6'4". Sanu's 6'2", and Hurd is 6'5". So you want a little bit taller guys in the red zone. So that's just going to be that. But 
wide receiver three to me is just not that big of a deal based on the play caller. And then, of course, you have three really good. I think most teams would kill to have a combination of Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo. So we should be okay there. And then having yeah. anything, anything more, you know, is found money. Would I have had? Would I have preferred Kendrick Bourne still be here? Absolutely. But he got paid in New England, so it is what it is. So I'm not too concerned with it. I think it's it's. I think it's been overblown on the wide receiver discussion, wide receiver three discussion. Um, and if we want to throw another name there in the hat. Leo Luna, come on. Uh, I'll lose the beer belly. Let's, Let's go. do it. Let's go. No more no more IPAs, buddy. <laughs> but final topic here. Biggest year one impact. Obviously, the quarterback is going to have the edge. That's dependent on if he plays. <laughs> so biggest year one impact. I'm looking at the top three rookies on this one. Yeah. Trey Lance. Aaron Banks or Trey Sermon? I'm going to go with Banks. Okay. Because if Banks plays well, that means our quarterback is upright, right? The quarterback's upright, then your passing game is successful, hopefully, as long as the quarterback does what he needs to do. If Banks is successful, that means your running lanes are opened. So Sermon's going to be successful. So everything kind of, everything's built off the trenches anyway. So as long as, if, if Banks is a hit, if the Niners have a hit with Banks, right? You know, like mm-hmm. a Fred Warner level type of hit. Like this guy could be the next, you know, out, you know, Mike I Mikey Potty for the Niners. Then this is an absolute steal for the Niners at, at that where they got him. Yeah. So it, as long as ba- if Banks is good, then Lance should be good, or Jimmy should be good, and Sermon and Mostert should be running all over the damn field because, you know, an offensive line as long as there are some really good camaraderie and some just trust within the group, then your running game and pass game should be successful. So I'm going with Banks on this one. So I, I love everything you said, but for the fact of a different opinion, I'm going to go Trey Sermon here. Because I, I think if you're paying Jimmy Garoppolo all that money, you got to give him every chance to start. And if Sermon's a hit, if Banks is a hit, if the defense is a hit, we all know Jimmy could win games uh, as a game manager. Just don't lose it. Correct. Here goes the keys. Don't crash the Ferrari. That's all you got to do as Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo does that at an elite level compared to a Nick Mullins or a CJ Beathard that we saw in the Christ, past. If I had never seen those um, two guys again, I swear. I'm sorry. Don't don't take a shot because I mentioned those names. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, but I, I I think it's I think it's Trey Sermon because with Trey Sermon, I, what you detailed with Banks was beautiful, but with the biggest impact he could have such a minimal play uh or production banks is if if they don't run on his side if they're feeding a lot of it behind the ass of lincoln tomlinson and and trent williams or or george kittle and and trey sermon is able to just bust it out there and that makes a huge impact on this offensive line because our or just offense in general, because Sermon's a hit, guess what? Now you're not having to force Raheem Mostert carries. You're you're not having to, you know, ask so much of your just your whole scheme. You're not telling Kyle Shanahan to draw it up more, you know, work harder. Uh, the, the less work for Kyle Shanahan's, the better. But everything I've seen from Trey Sker- Sherman, I was going to say Skirman, 
because uh, he's skirting all over that field. Gosh, that was a Sorry. terrible dad joke, bro. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Christ. had to. I got, I, I got two now. So you know, they're just gonna get worse from here on yep. out. Yep. Be prepared. But it's just, I, I think the the tools I see from Trey Sermon, it's, it's gonna hit. He's gonna be a good pro everyone just says Shanahan offense, Shanahan offense. So you already know he's going to have success in the run game, mm-hmm. but I think he's a different beast. He's a better prospect than Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman wasn't so much of a prospect when he came over to the 49ers uh, compared to Sermon, but I just think he's a better player. Yeah. I think he's a better player than than Tevin Coleman. And I think he's a better play. I think he's absolutely a better player than Jeff Wilson jr. Like that's not even a debate. Jeff Wilson jr. What he's done is surprising. And a lot of players haven't even done that as an undrafted free agent from North Texas out there balling. And Trey Sermon is just way better than that. We've seen what those guys have done with this current roster. Yeah. Just last season. Um, So I think Sermon's definitely going to be hit and, that's just going to make everybody a lot better, like the Raheem Mostert, like the offensive line. Give mm-hmm. McGlinchey that confidence that he needs in the game, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, obviously, we've seen what happened with George Kittle when the offense is running the ball well. This man gets hyped and doesn't even care about a reception. Run it again, so, baby. <laughs> run it again. Um, so it's just, you know, I, I think he's going to have the bigger impact. And uh, quite honestly, the running back positions and have the more spotlight than the right guard. That's fair. It's just, you know, he, he's going to sell jerseys. Banks. Of course, not. of course, you know, unless you're an offensive line guy, but yeah, this is just, you know, it goes back to complimentary football for me. You know, the, the old, it, everything starts in the trenches. Yeah. As you know, I wanted every damn edge rusher in this past draft. So I'm a trenches <laughs> guy, you know, give me another edge rusher. Give me another guard. I'm all about that. But, you know, either way, as long as the Niners hit on these first three picks, John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan can sleep, you know, sleep well at night with, you know, with these selections. So I don't think you can go wrong with the two that we we said have the most impact. And, of course, if Trey is playing and he's winning, then obviously he takes the cake for all this. But, you know, there are guys on this team who will be contributors, who are going to be the unsung heroes, who are going to be guys who just don't get the recognition that they deserve. and. You know, Banks being an offensive lineman, he probably won't get that if he's playing really well. Even still, someone will find something and they pick. He missed a block here. He did this. It's like, all right, man. If it, it, no one has a perfect block, and that's uh, that's something that Mike Person said to me on the podcast the we did the other day. No one has a perfect block, so it is what it is. Yeah, you you put anything under a microscope, you're gonna find some some type of molecule that just makes it look like. Hey, this don't look right. Yeah, um, you could have done this, but you were talking about sleeping good at night. I know that's what you're trying to do right now. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. First yep. episode of the oh, hey there. podcast <laughs> here on the Niners Nation. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever it is that you do when you listen to your podcasts, as well as follow Javi at. Uh, Javier Vague underscore, and then uh, make sure you check out the Fourth and Gold podcast at Fourth and Gold Podcast on Twitter as well. So uh, we have a lot of content coming. Twenty twenty one is going to be a great football season. Um, you know, 
again, thank you to Rob and everyone at Niners Nation for this opportunity. And go ahead and follow me at LeoLuna93, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you do your business, and the 49ers goldmine as we're in the middle of a transition. If you're more than just a football fan, baseball, basketball in the Bay Area, go ahead and check out the the transition we're making over at 49ers goldmine, and you'll love the content coming out. Peace. Peace.